I'm going to ask those of you that come in, just move down a little closer. It's a little more intimate tonight. And this is our, this is a prayer service tonight. And uh, what we're going to do is I want to share just a few things. And I want to do something a little different. You can be seated, but come on down. Um, what I want to do is get you involved in prayer. Get me seated. Um, so often what we've done is the leader stands up here and prays and and the rest of you try to pray with them and try to stay awake and, and are not very involved and not very engaged. And, um, and so I want to begin to do that. So what we're going to do is I want to share a little something that God put on my heart that lastly last night when I was in bed about prayer. And then um, uh, we're going to, I'm going to ask you for prayer requests, things you have need for, and then may ask some of you to actually pray. So, and then we'll just see where the Holy Spirit leads us. What struck me last night is I've been rereading a biography of um, George Mueller. Some of you may know, some of you may not know who he was. He was raised in Germany. He actually went to study law. It was like, like him, no. Um, and then he ended up in England, and God uh, eventually led him to Bristol, England, where he started an institute, a Bible institute. And then he made a decision that he wanted to do something that, that would encourage people to really believe that God really does answer prayer. So he decided, after his own prayer, to start an orphanage. And, and his main motivation was not the children, although that was a motivation. He wanted to prove, he wanted to prove to others that God will answer your prayers. And so what he vowed to do, and he was faithful for over 60 years, he never asked anybody for money. He never let anybody know what their need was. He only took his needs and requests directly to God. And it grew to over 2,000 orphans, boys and girls. He raised them. He clothed them for over 60 years. And it's still in existence, over 60 years. And he never once asked anybody for money. He had wealthy people come and say, what can we do? We want to offer something. And he wouldn't take the money from them because he would only take it from God. And the very first person that gave to him was a widow who had very little. And she brought to him some money that she had saved up. And God, he said, God, was that it was a sign to me that God will use sources you never believed. I think she brought 100 pounds. And she, had no, she didn't look at all as if she had the ability to do that. And God was showing him. In fact, somebody, I think, the very first thing he got was like a penny, a pence, I guess, in England. And, and he, God was showing him, I'm faithful to you. And so uh, I want to encourage you in something. And what he, in this biography, what he shares, a lot of what he did, is something I've done before, and I just want to encourage us in that. And it's, it's to, well, can you put, do you have Isaiah 43, 26? Did he give that to you? There you go. Put me in remembrance, and let us, this is God speaking through Isaiah, and let us contend together. State your cause that you may be acquitted. Some of the other translations say, uh, remind me of what I promised and argue with me so that you may win. God challenges us at times to come and argue with him. And that just sounds, confronts our religion, religious thinking so much. Well, God, whatever your will is, but this is his will. There's something about getting engaged in an argument. Now, see, you and I get in arguments because we want to be right. 
we got an argument. God, you, God wants you to argue with him his word back to him. So he said, put me in remembrance. In remembrance of what? Remembrance of the promises that he's made and argue those promises back to him. And he's called us to do that. And there are a number of examples in the Bible. Uh, um, Abraham's a great example because Abraham was camped out one time and God shows up with two other angels. Three men come up to him and, and he says, I'm going, can I go do what I was going to do unless I let my friend Abraham know? And what he lets him know is he's come to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the immorality that's going on. And, and, and Abraham, because he had a relationship with God, begins to negotiate with God. And I think he says, if there are 50 righteous men in the city, will you preserve it? And he said, yes, I'll preserve it for 50. And then I think it goes to 45, and then 40, then 35. And he finally gets down to 10. And every time he comes back to him and argues, will you, because he argues that he's merciful, will you spare it? And he gets down to 10. I wonder what would happen. He went to five. And God couldn't find 10, hours, 10 righteous men. And he left off arguing with God. And the angels went down and they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. You got Moses. Moses comes on the mountain and God's handing him the Ten Commandments. The number one commandment is you have the Lord, you shall love the Lord your God, you know, is, the, um, is that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. And while God's giving them that commandment, Aaron's down down in the bottom of the mountain, leading the build a build a calf committee, and they build this idol. And God tells Moses what's going on down there, and then God tells him what he's going to do. I'm going to fry this nation, and I'm going to start over with you. And Moses stands up to God, and says, "You can't do that. Why can't you do that? Because you made a promise back to our forefathers." that you would bring this people into that promised land. And God's angry. He's white-hot angry. So you, you better be in a good position with God to stand up and argue with him. And in each of these cases, notice they're arguing not for their own cause. I mean, Moses is putting his life on the line. In fact, he says, if you won't spare them, you can take my life in place of them. And this is the same people that's done nothing but give him trouble. And yet he stands up and he's willing to lay his life down for them. And God honors that. So, so Moses argues with God. And it, it says, some translation says, God repented of what he was going to do. Imagine that. God changing his mind because a man stood up and argued someone else's cause. There's another example. One of the famous verses we, we know, stories we know is Second is, uh, Chronicles 20 when Jehoshaphat wakes up and there's three armies bearing down on him and he calls a fast and then he stands and they pray and he's, he pleads with God. And, but what he pleads with God, you may not realize it's connected back to a scripture that we know well. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and heal their land. That promise is an answer to a prayer that Solomon made when they dedicated the temple. When Solomon dedicated the temple, he asked God, if we are ever in trouble, if we are ever under attack, we're dedicating this place that we can come to you and we can ask you for help 
And God's answer to that prayer was what we call Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people call by my name. So the, the promise was if you come together and you humble yourself and pray and you turn from your I will hear from heaven and heal your lands. And that's the promise that Joshua called upon when he called upon God to deliver them. He argued his promise back to God. If you look in, in the book of Acts, when, when they're in trouble and they're being persecuted, um, the, 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 the leaders stand up and they are, take God's word and they argue God's word back to him to hold him to his, his word, to hold him to his word. So first of all, that means you've got to have some word. <laughs> you've got to have some promise. It can't be arguing to God just because it's something you want to do. It has to be something that you know is in line with his will, and his word is obviously in line with his word. And then you've got to be right. You've got to be right in God's eyes. You can't be living in sin. I mean, we're, we're right in God's eyes because we're in Christ, okay? But you can't be standing before God and arguing a cause if you're also resisting him in some other area. So, and you've got to believe God's hearing you. These are the basic requirements. So, and there are others. So that's what we want to do. I want to take whatever, I want to kind of open this up for whatever prayer requests you may have. Uh, I may invite some of you to pray. This is not all, this is our prayer meeting. It's not a meeting that I lead and we all just kind of sit there and pray. And so some of you may get squirmy and nervous, but that's okay. God hears your prayers too. (laughs) And that's part of what, part of what we all, what we all, all need to know. I want to start out with just some real basic things the Bible tells us to do. And I'm going to ask you to kind of join in agreement. We kind of get it flowing. And then we'll see. I know there's some specific needs. Oh, another thing uh, Brother Mueller talks about is being specific. So when when he had a prayer request, he would write it down. And so he would keep a list of them. And when one was answered, he'd check it, he'd cross it off. And it's important to be specific. So to pray for world peace is nice, but it's not targeted. So in why in many ways I think God's prayers, our prayers, our prayers are not answered. Right? So any questions at this at this point? Anybody any questions? Any ideas? Those of you, I guess we're not online. Okay. Praise God. All right. Let's let's begin to pray. Father, I want to pray. I want to pray for our leaders. Um, it's so easy to criticize them. It's so easy to judge them. But I, I believe God spoke to me and said, I don't, you don't have a right to criticize or judge somebody you're not praying for. And we're in a time when politics is trying to invade the church and swallow it up. And, and I've spoken about this before. There's, there's right causes and there's right things. But we've got to keep our focus on what we're here to do. So uh, you, in, 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 keep in mind, when Paul, when Paul wrote to Timothy to pray for your leaders, their leader was Nero, the most, one of the most ungodly emperors that Rome ever had. And so Paul was in joining, in telling him to pray for Nero. So let's pray for our leaders because they need wisdom today. They need God's counsel. They need spiritual forces helping them. Because of what's going on over in Russia, what's go- in, in Ukraine, what's going on in China, what's going on around the world is very threatening. We may very well be 
in, in the beginning of sorrows. We may be very well be at that time, but we need prayer all the more for that. So, Father, we just come to you tonight and thank you for we can We thank you that we can come tonight openly and publicly and pray to you. We're aware that, that today, tonight, tomorrow, so many of our brethren around the world and other nations and other countries do not have this freedom. And they have to pray privately. They have to gather together privately under fear of being found out and of being destroyed. And so we come to you, first of all, tonight by being thankful. Thankful for your grace. Thankful for this nation, for the freedom that we do have in this nation. And although there's threats to that freedom, Father, we must rejoice and be thankful for what we do have. And we come to do what you've called us to do in your word, to pray for our leaders, those that are in leadership and authority, our president and all the others that are making decisions at our national level, decisions that affect the lives of people around us, the lives of the people in this nation, and affect the lives of people around the world. Father, there are spiritual forces working against them, working, pulling, and directing, and trying to bring their influence into their decisions. And we just stand for righteousness today. We stand for your will to be done, your kingdom to God. And we pray, Father, your word says that as the, that the, you are able to change the course of, as you're able to change the course of a river, so you can change the heart of a leader. And we pray, Father, for you to move on the hearts of our president and all of our other leaders, that you would move on their hearts in ways that are open to your voice, your will, your plan, your purposes. And Father, we take authority in the name of Jesus over every spiritual force that would work against the powers and the authority that are in those offices and try to raise themselves up and oppose your kingdom and your will to be done in this earth. Father, we pray for this nation. We pray that you turn the heart of this nation. We pray for an outpouring of your spirit. We pray for, for your church to wake up and to recognize the time that we're in. We pray for your church to wake up and recognize the resources that you've given us in your word and your spirit and in prayer and in fasting and in worship, that the wonderful, powerful weapons that you've given to us against the true enemy, because the true enemy is not flesh and blood, but his spiritual forces and wickedness in heavenly places. Awaken us through times that we're in. Awaken us to recognize the time that we're in and to live as we're enjoined to in your word soberly and to learn to love one another, Father, with a, with a love that comes from your heart and not fight one another and to be divided with one another. To bind, bind ourselves together and not allow Satan to divide and to separate in this church, in our families, in this community, in the churches in this community, and in this nation. And we pray for wisdom for the spiritual leaders, Father, for the pastors and all the other ministry gifts that lead the body of Christ in this nation. We pray for wisdom. We pray for grace. We pray, Father, for your wisdom. We pray, Father, for your, 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 your discernment. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. Just stretch your hands out to this man. I, want, I just feel led to pray for you, David. Father, you know, and I know, and he knows what you've put on his heart to do for you. And I just pray that you would encourage him. I pray that you would encourage him 
through the through the difficult times, encourage him when he when when things look he questions whether what he's doing you've called him to do. Encourage him and strengthen him from within, Father. Remind him of the things that you have shown him in the beginning, of the things that he's stepped out and done for you in the past. Remind him of your faithfulness in the past. And give him vision, Father. Begin to give him your vision, Lord, your wisdom, your understanding. And we just speak and declare over his life, over his family, over the step of faith that he's taken. We just continue to speak your grace, your wisdom, your power, and even your anointing, Father. Lord, help him to hear clearly. Help him to hear in in the midst of everything that may come against him to hear clearly, to have your heart, to have your strength, to recognize that what you've called him to do, he cannot do in his own strength, but that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, and that you're right there with him, carrying this burden with him. We pray for strategy. We pray for discernment. We pray for your anointing upon him and upon his family and upon his health. We thank you that you provide every need that's needed, Father, not just for the call that's on his life, but also for him personally in his family. And we just thank you, Father. We continue to stand with you in agreement that what you've called him to do will be done. And he will stand before you and hear these words that we all desire to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 Praise you, my God. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank you, Lord. We just worship him a little bit. Lord, we just worship you. We just worship you. You're so, so good. So, so, so good. So faithful. You go before us to make a way. And you come behind us to protect us. Your anointing is upon us to lead us and to guide us. Your word promises us that we will hear the voice behind us telling us to go to the left or to the right that you're faithful to lead and to guide. When we step out and trust you, you're faithful to lead and to guide. I just sense there's somebody else here tonight that God's dealing with you to step out into something. God's dealing with you to step out into something and you're afraid. I don't know whether it's because you're afraid financially, you're afraid it's not God. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. There's somebody else here. It may not be a big thing. And you'll know it if it's you. All right. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. You're so, so good. So, so, so good. So, so, so good. So, so good. We bless you. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We look back over our lives and see your faithfulness. 
We look back over our lives and see your faithfulness. The Lord has been good. The Lord has been good to us. Thank you for your faithfulness to this congregation of believers over 43 years. Thank you for bringing us through dangers and trials and tests. Thank you for bringing us through pandemics and thank you for bringing you through recessions. Thank you for bringing us through crises that could easily have destroyed us. Thank you for bringing us through. And we pray, Father, and believe that the best is yet to come. That you're drawing people here. You're drawing gifts and you're drawing people here, preparing for what you want to do. Father, as we face this time of transition, which can be an unsettling time, we thank you that your hand is upon this process, guiding every step of the way, that your grace is upon this process, not just with the wisdom and direction, but your protection, your protection, Father. And so we just rejoice in you tonight. We honor you tonight. We honor your goodness. We honor your faithfulness. We honor the love that you have held nothing back from us. Your word says that if you spared not your own son, but you delivered us up from delivered him up for us all, how will you not also, together with him, give us all things? You've held nothing back. You've held nothing back from your love. There's been no condition on your love for us. How could we ever doubt your faithfulness, Father? Lord, so much, so many times we've been anxious, we've been afraid. So many times we've, 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 we've worried about what's going to happen and we've forgotten your faithfulness. So many times we look at ourselves and our own faithlessness and we lose touch and sight with your faithfulness. Have you not said in your word that even if we're faithless, you remain faithful? because you cannot deny yourself. Help us to learn how to surrender, to surrender the care of our lives, the care of our future, the care of our families, the care of our health, the care of our finances, the care of every area of our life that the enemy would use to distract us from our devotion to you. Forgive our unbelief and help our unbelief. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. You have been faithful. You have been good. There is none like you. There is no one like you on heaven and earth. The earth is filled with your glory. There may be darkness that looks now, but is your glory is in this earth. It's in every sunrise. It's in every sunset. It's in the trees changing color. It's in the seasons that come and go. It's in the flowers that bloom in the spring. It's in the, it's in the air that we breathe. It's in every breath of our heart, every breath of our lungs, every beat of our heart. Your faithfulness, your presence surrounds us and we live so little aware of your presence. You're right here with us. Your hand is not shortened. Your arm is not weakened to deliver. 
And you are a God who delivers. You are a God who delivers and frees and redeems and saves and heals and restores. That is your heart, O God. But you need your people. You need your people to be available, to believe, to be filled with your spirit, to step out. Help us to position ourselves. Help us to listen. Help us to surrender. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are so good. So, 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 so good. Thank you, Father. You're so, so, so good. So good, Father. We worship you tonight. We just worship you tonight. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Your presence, oh God. We need your presence. We need the refreshing of your presence, Father. The strengthening of your presence. The assurance of your presence, Father. Great is our God. And greatly to be praised. We honor you. We honor your name. Your name is above every name. We honor the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above every other name. It's above the name of every disease. It's above the name of every kind of bondage. It's above the name. It's a name that's above pornography. It's a name that's above every kind of addiction. It's a name of a kind of every kind of work that Satan would work. It's a name that's above every name. And you have said that at the mention of that name, every knee shall bow. Cancer must bow its knee. Divorce must bow its knee. Fear must bow its knee. Every kind of bondage must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And we stand here tonight. We've gathered here tonight to enforce that name. To enforce that name. We honor you tonight. We bring glory to your name tonight. We want to bring glory, glory to the name tonight. Glorify your name, O oh God, in all the earth. Glorify your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Clinderin yo tinchan ki andi te te spachukari yo to ki 
Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just continue to set an atmosphere for him. We worship you. 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 You are great and greatly to be praised. Your presence, your presence, Lord, just your presence, just to be with you. Your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Does anybody have anything you want prayer for, either for you or somebody else? Hmm? Okay, wait. We're going to take one at a time here. <laughs> Mark? Okay, yeah, yeah. I've been through that. <laughs> Let's stretch your hands out towards Mark. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you've already gone before him in this that you're preparing the way with the people that will minister to him, the people that will prepare things for him, the people that will check him in, the people that will that will prepare the anesthesia, the nurses, everyone, Father, that your grace will be there with him through this whole process. We thank you, Father, that you're giving the surgeons, that you're giving the, the, the anesthesiologists, you're giving everyone before, that, in the, before the operation, in the operating room, and in the recovery room. We thank you, Father, that your grace is there, your presence is there, your peace is there, your wisdom is there. And Father, we just pray for him. We take authority over any cancer in his body in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says that Jesus bore his sicknesses and carried his pains. And your word says that Jesus did that over 2,000 years ago. 
and we come now and argue your word back to him. And we declare that cancer cannot prosper in his body in the name of Jesus. Any cancer cells that may be there, we curse them in the name of Jesus. We command them to leave his body. We plead the blood of Jesus over his body from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. And Satan, we remind you that blood has defeated you. And so you can't cross that bloodline. In the name of Jesus, we speak peace to Mark, to his mind, to his heart. We speak peace over him, that the peace of God that passes understanding will guard his heart and guard his mind. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen and amen. Keep speaking to it. Because they found something on my wrist here. And I just, the, the oncologist surgeon looked at it and he said, no, that's cancer. He said, we'll do a biopsy. And I had cursed it. All right? The biopsy came back negative. And he said, but what you still need to do is go to your dermatologist and they'll take it off. By the time I got to the dermatologist, it was gone. It faded. I found another thing over here and I spoke to that and it began to fade. Your words are so powerful when they're lined up with God's promises. So we take God's promises, we believe them mentally, but we don't ever exercise on them. And speaking the word is what Jesus did in so many cases and speaking to it. And at the very least, it will calm your fears. Because it takes, instead of playing in your mind, you begin to exercise the authority that you have. Somebody else had a prayer request back here. Can you tell me what it is? Paul. Oh, Paul, okay. Yeah, so I'm just a little bit, uh, no energy. I'm kind of... Getting the pressure. That one, it's right for me. I have a question a lot about God. Okay. You know, like okay. lots and lots of arguments. Okay. <laughs> You know, that was right for me. <laughs> See, God knows. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus. Whatever's causing this, yeah, 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 yeah. The life of God is in you. It's the life of God. It's the same life that was in Christ. It's the life of the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God says in Romans chapter 8, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will quicken your mortal body. And that's not just talking about the resurrection. That's talking about the strength of your life, of your mind. And Father, to the extent that any of this is caused by mental issues or emotional issues that begin to weary us and break us down, we acknowledge we're living in a time where there's oppression all around us trying to press us down and press us in, weary us. And we just take authority in the name of Jesus over any oppression over his life. Satan, we command you to release this. We command those clouds to part and the light of the gospel of Christ, the light of the truth of God, the light of the peace of God and the love of God will break through to his mind and to his heart. For the light always dispels the darkness. For the darkness is just the absence of light. And the light of God, the love of God, the truth of God is down in your heart. And Satan, we bind you from him. We declare that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. And we speak the peace of God over his mind, his heart, and over his body in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. I, I just feel led to pray for you. And I don't know why. But you'll receive it, won't you? Oh, of course. Okay. Don't say anything. Just say yes. I just I just say yes, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I said yes. You can't just say yes, Kenny. <laughs> Father, I just, I don't know why. I feel led to just lay my hands on him. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for him, whatever this is. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and there's nothing to be anxious about. I know you wouldn't be. I just pray, Father. I, I just, I kind of hear the word breakthrough. And I don't know what it means, and it could be me, but I just a sense, and it may not be for you. It may have to do with the family. Maybe something that's been on your heart. I don't know. I'm just going with a sense I have. So whatever that is, Father, we just come to you and we just pray for that breakthrough. We pray for whatever it is that your spirit is leading to do right now. We thank you for victory. We thank you for victory over whatever it is. Whatever it is, whether it's to come, whether it's the past, I just we just pray for victory, Father. Victory. Strength, wisdom, discernment. Discernment. Discernment in the name of Jesus. Discernment in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's breakthrough. And you're going to know what to do. You're going to know what to do. You're going to know what to do. And you'll have peace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? John, you want to share that need? Okay. This was something that was in a, a prayer chain that we have. One of our church family members, Kim, family is going through a hard time right now where Kim's five-year-old granddaughter needs our prayers. And the whole family needs our prayers. She had an accident a couple of days ago. And just want Kim to know and the family to know we are here. And Jesus is there with them. And Kim, if you're watching, you've learned it here. You have the power that Jesus gave you to help heal and pray over that baby. Lord Jesus, please watch over Miss Kim and her family. Please help them heal, stick together as a family, have faith in the Lord Jesus to watch over them and cure that baby girl. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 And Father, we just continue in that because there's there's serious issues with her her skull and damage and we turn tonight to a god who can do anything a god who created the universe with his words a god who's raised the dead a god who can cause mountains to rise up and mountains to go down and so father in your eyes What's happened to her and what's going on in her body right now 
is nothing to you. It's not even hard to you. And so we take our eyes off of the circumstances and we pray for Kim and we pray for her family, as hard as it may be, to stand firm in what Kim knows and what the Word of God says. And we combine ourselves together to stand firm with her and with her family for a God who can do anything. And we speak over this little girl's brain to work normally. We speak for her nervous system to work properly, for there be no paralysis, no damage to the brain. We declare that her hearing will work properly and her brain will process the sounds that she hears. We pray for her stability, for her, her equilibrium. We pray for everything that's been damaged to be completely and 100% healed in the name of Jesus. Satan, we bind your efforts to kill, steal, and destroy this little girl's future and her life and her family. And we bind you from this in the name of Jesus. We declare that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. We so often lose sight of what God's able to do. I know a pastor who was called from his mowing his grass, his, was waiting so expectantly for his grandson to be born. His daughter-in-law was taken to the hospital. And he had been through, he had so many grandchildren, he didn't bother to go. He was going to come later on. And he gets this urgent call from his son saying, I need you to come in and pray now. Because what happened is there was a complication in the birth. And the child was without oxygen for 10 minutes. And when they finally got him out, he was dead. And they just, they were going to give up. But see, one of the nurses just would never give up. And his son, who was an associate pastor, a pastor of the church, was a young man of faith, and they just began to speak life to this child. It didn't matter what it looked like. It didn't matter what the report was. Life to this child. And he came back to life. But all the reports kept coming in, yeah, but he'll be brain dead. And if he's not brain dead, he's going to be paralyzed the rest of his life. And they thanked the doctors for their work. They didn't argue with them. They thanked the doctors for their work. But they continue to pray, they continue to stand, and they continue to declare life over that child. That child will live and not die. That child's will, brain will function normally. And it was a process, and gradually there would be improvement. There were times when there were, there was, I think he said at one point there were like 20 signs that were all pointing the wrong way. And they would go into that neonatal place and lay their hands on, on the plastic and just speak. And as they begin to speak the word over it, the vital sign, the signs would begin to slowly turn around. And it got to the point that this child was stable after about three or four days. But they, the, the neurologist would come in and meet with them and say, we understand that the child's come along this far, but, but don't expect anything because he, he probably won't live. But if he lives, he's still going to be a vegetable. And all they're doing their very best, but all these discouraging reports. And I'm sharing that because in the process of this, there may be discouraging reports. But they begin to, they kept speaking God's word and they weren't moved by what they say. And gradually over two weeks, the child began to get stable. They took them off all the monitors and things like that. 
And this was two years ago, and this child is perfectly healthy and normal today because they were willing to stand against the reports, which they didn't argue. They th- and this is documented because this is a large church. And the, 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 the neurologist that was in charge filmed the testimony, this is what I diagnosed, this is what I saw, and this is what I see today. So it's well documented. In fact, it made the news in the state where they live. So I'm just encouraging you, John, everybody else is praying for her. Don't be moved. Don't re- just don't forget who this God is and what this God can do if we'll believe him, if we'll stand with him. Anyone else? Yes, dear. Hi, Pastor John. I've been struggling with um, arthritis half of my life, and I've had surgeries on type of surgeries, and now it's my right hip. (laughs) And my right hip is, it hurts, and um, it hurts all around my thigh. It's hard to walk. Yeah. And I've been praying. I have faith in God. And um, but it, I just need a little bit more. It's faith in his promises yes. that matters, okay? I had it diagnosed in my neck. I could hardly turn my neck. And I began to just stand and speak to it. And today I can turn my neck like this. It doesn't hurt at all. Arthritis is an inflammation. And inflammation is under the curse of the law in Deuteronomy 28. And Galatians says he's redeemed us from the curse. So we're going to lay hands on you right now. And we're going to take authority over this. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that Jesus bore arthritis for her. And because he bore it for her, she does not have to bear it. And although he's borne it for her, we need to stand and enforce what he's done. So we come together with her prayers. We come together with what she's called upon you to do. And we speak to this arthritis in her hip and and any other joint in her body. And we command that arthritis to leave in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, you came to a woman that was bent over for 38, 28 years, I think it was, or 18 years. And, And it had to be some kind of arthritis. And you spoke to the spirit of infirmity And she stood up straight. So in the name of Jesus, we take authority over the spirit of infirmity. Whatever's trying to steal her ability to walk, steal her ability for her joints to move, in the name of Jesus, we command this to leave. And we speak health to her body from the top of her head to the tip of her toes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now you let us know. Give us the good report. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, Doreen. I'm going to have to walk all the way back there so they can hear you. But I need to walk. <laughs> you weren't here beginning when I asked everybody to move up. <laughs> um, I've been struggling with a spirit of fear, and also tomorrow I have court okay. where I was the victim. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray in agreement with you, all right? Because we're agreeing with you what you want and what God wants. You want peace, no fear. All right, okay. 
because it's a spirit of fear. The fear is outside of you. The peace is already in you. Okay? So, Father, we just pray for our dear sister right now in the name of Jesus. We take authority over that fear that's trying to get in her and control her life. In the name of Jesus, we speak the peace of God that passes understanding that would guard her heart and would guard her mind. Your word says to make our requests known unto you, the things that we'd be anxious about, that we would be worried about, and then your peace will overtake us. And so in Jesus' name, she's come asking for prayer for this, and we agree with her, we set ourselves in agreement with her, and we speak peace. Now for the hearing tomorrow, Father, for the hearing tomorrow, we thank you, Lord, that you go where with her, that you give her wisdom of what to say and what not to say, that your spirit will guide her and direct her. And we just claim victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I've had God do with that. I mean, I know as a lawyer, but I've, many times I was in over my head and I didn't know what to do. So instead of trying to figure out what to do, I rested in him and he would give me wisdom. And I'll be praying for you and give you wisdom. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. All right. You're closer, so we'll come to you, David, first. His son this afternoon took his life, oh. and uh, he went to his house to see him, and uh, he had to break the door down, and when he went in, he saw that he had uh, shot himself, so um, uh, just want to pray. And that's one of those things you almost don't know what to say, but there's not much we can. Father, we just we just come to you in Jesus' name, and, and we come in agreement with David and Cindy to pray for this family that's devastated, has to be devastated by what's happened. The loss and then questions that can come to mind. And Father, we just pray that you do in their lives what only you can do, which is to bring comfort in the midst of the pain, to bring strength to come through this time of all the things that they have to go through right now. We pray, Father, that you would also give them, uh, protect them from the thoughts that would come against them of accusations, of doubt, of questioning, that you not allow their peace to be stolen. We pray that you bring people to them, family members, friends, and they would know just the right thing to say and keep them from saying the things that are not helpful at all. We pray for wisdom, Father, for David and Cindy to know what to say and how they can bring ministry into this situation. And Father, your, your word says, and sometimes we don't understand it, your word says that you're able to cause all things to work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And in this situation, we don't know how that can happen, but we know that you're true to your word. And so we ask you to bring good out of this pain and out of this loss and suffering. We ask you to bring light into the darkness, Father, and to begin to shine your light into their lives to see that this is not something you've done, but that you are their answer. You are their salvation. You are their hope. You are their future. And Father, we thank you. We put all of their family, everyone that's dealing with this pain, 
into your gracious hands and loving hands. In Jesus' name, amen. That was someone else. A whole row? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll come around. You want to share what it is or just want us to pray? Okay. Okay. So this. Okay. So it's what is it? Your my my sister-in-law's husband. Her sister-in-law's husband is getting his kidney tested. He only has one on Friday, and there's some concern it may be cancer. So, Father, we just come together for the this this care that's on Ray's heart above everything else that he's dealing with right now, and his concern is for someone else. And so we just come together with them and we pray, Father. Todd, is that his name? We pray for Todd, Father. Lord, I don't, he may not have any faith. He may not even know you. But your mercy and grace extends. And so we pray, Father, for, this, for, for the testing. But most of all, we pray, Father, that, can't, that that kidney is functioning well. We take authority over any cancer that might try to be in that kidney and we curse it and command it to leave that kidney. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for health and healing that that kidney functions fully for the rest of his natural life. And we pray, Father, for peace for him. Peace, grace, and we just be grace over this situation. We thank you, Father, that you use this you use this as a way to bring the light of your truth, of your love, into his life. And that you give, give them comfort, Lord. Give them wisdom. Give very wisdom to know what to say and how to pray and what to do. And we take authority over that arthritis and that lower back pain. But I, I, this is going to sound strange. You've got to come to the point when you don't want to put it up with it anymore. Because a lot of times we tolerate things. I do it myself. We tolerate things and, and we pray, but we really are not determined. And it's really when I get up, finally get to the end and cry out to God, that's when it works. And you're not there yet. Okay? But you don't fight it. He's fight it. Yeah, he fights it. Okay. Do you? I don't want her to talk you into it. Because <laughs> if you don't want it, it's not that God's offended. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I have a word from God to you. Don't do it. <laughs> well, here's what... And I'm not just joking. Because Jesus told us... The Bible tells us all over to be anxious for nothing. But in our thinking, we don't think that's possible. Be not afraid. But we don't think it's possible. And as long as we don't think it's possible, then, then it's not going to work for us. So meditate on those words. All right, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. And just meditate on that and begin to speak it out. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, we're going to close the... I just 
I don't, I don't know what it is, Father, but I just, I lay hands on my brother. In the name of Jesus, Lord, only you know. Only you know. This is between you and him, but only you know. I want to come to you, Father, for the anointing of your spirit to bring light and clarity. Make the way. Make the way. Make the way. The entrance of your word brings light, life, and truth. Make the way down deep inside. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anybody else with some hands back here? So you gave it away. <laughs> we're in a season where God's going to do some amazing deliverances. All right? So so it's going to sound strange. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to encourage you. Okay? Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. There's a wonderful story in Ezekiel where God took him out to the valley of the dry bones. And that's a picture of your family. They're scattered all over and no life. And God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's answer was, well, only you know. And then what did God say? He said, you speak over the bones. You prophesy life. And then that released the Holy Spirit to begin to bring those bones together because you can't do that worrying, crying, none of that does any good. I know we've all tried it and you've tried it. All right? So begin to speak over your family. In Jesus' name, my family comes together. My family is unified. My family loves the Lord. They will serve the Lord. And as we shared earlier, don't be moved by what you see. Okay, well, that will come as you do this. Okay? There was somebody else. You make me walk all the way back here. <laughs> That's okay. How are you, Pastor John? I'm good. How are you? What uh, would you like prayer for or for somebody else? For my brother. Okay. My brother. His name is uh, Oscar. But he has a lot of health issues. Okay. That's uh, he's a handicap. Okay. Blood pressure. Ooh. Okay. He needs it from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. Exactly. But my prayer, I mean, my request for him is for the Lord to open his spiritual okay. eyes. Okay. So he can see the need I know. of a Savior right. in his life. And what's his name? Oscar. Oscar. Okay. All right. We're going to pray for Oscar. 
Father, we come to you together for Oscar. You know who he is. You know where he is right now. We come to you, Father, because we pray in accordance with what Paul prayed, that you would open the eyes of his understanding, that he would see the hope of your calling for his life that's in Christ Jesus. Father, in the middle of all these challenges in his body, may your light shine through all of this darkness and touch his heart. You can do that in a moment. One moment, one, one, one moment of your presence, one moment of truth breaking through. And your word also tells us, Father, that it's Satan that binds the eyes, blinds the eyes of those that don't believe so that they're not able to see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, the signs and faith of Christ. And so you've been given authority over Satan. And so we come against the spirits that would blind Oscar's eyes through all these years, whether it be religion or whether it be pride or whatever it is that's been lined up and assailed against him to blind his eyes, we command those spirits to come down to release their hold over his life so that the light and the truth of the gospel of Christ can break through to him. And for these things we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Let's just, we, we started with a little bit of praise and worship. Let's just end with it. Father, we just thank you. We have confidence and assurance that everything, everything that we have brought to your throne tonight, you have heard. Your word promises us that if we ask you anything, then it's in accordance with your will that you hear us and that we know that if you've heard us, we have the request that we've made known to you. Every one of these requests that we brought to you for healing, for deliverance, for peace, for wisdom, for direction, all of these requests are clearly in line with your will because they're in your word. And so we have confidence from your word. So we argue your word back to you. You have to do what you promised to do. We hold you to your promise. And we argue your promise back to you so that you are able to carry out your will. And so we thank you, Father. We just praise you again as we're preparing to close that you are the God of the impossible. You are the God who delivers and saves and restores. You are the God who heals. You are the God who rescues. You are the God who will go down to the deepest mire and the darkest place and rescue and bring a soul up. You're a God that will go to the highest places and rescue somebody. You're a God who cares more than we can ever begin to imagine. And you're a God to whom nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So we lift our eyes up of all, over all these circumstances and we set our eyes on the God who's our Savior, our Creator, our Redeemer, the God who is our King, the God who is Lord over all creation. And we worship you and we praise you and we honor you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.